They try to drown me I can swim upstream so profoundly I can stay calm in a dire situation I'm at it every day, no time for a vacation And I smell blood in the water Everything I do, yeah, I do it for my daughters Now I'm gonna shut your lips It's time for a brand new episode of what? We talking, just say what? We talking, just say what? We talking, just say what? We talking, just said it's time for a brand new episode of Talking Jit. Oh, this is the actual, the, the actual most highly anticipated fight of the night, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, just because it is, just because this guy's to me being a douche, but it's working. It's I hate how today's society, bro, being a douche works for you. <laughs> like, like, dude. Before we get into this, like just a real quick excerpt. Have you watched Chael Sonnen's like old like shit talking? Oh yeah. He doesn't even cuss. But it was no. so funny and so entertaining. Yeah. And it yeah. was like yeah, it was like rude and whatever, but dude, it, he was like the OG. And then Connor came along and got just like fucking out of control and took the cake. And I yeah. think people like Jake Paul and all them just started taking notes like, man, the louder I am and the stupidest, stupidest shit I say, the more attention I get, the more clicks I get, the more interactions I get. And I'm like, dude, it's, I think this guy and Gary is taking plays out of that playbook, but I just don't think he's as cool as he thinks he is. <laughs> Tell me if you're with me on this, bro. Like, I, I just feel like he's, I mean, I don't, I got like Will Smith respect for him. As, a, <laughs> as the story's unfolding. And... Uh, dude, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think that, like, Chell was the goat heel. Then you had Connor, who kind of pushed the boundaries and pushed the limits. And people were like, oh, he can push beyond the limits, but still keep it classy. And then you had these guys like Jake Paul, um, the guy, what's his name, Dylan Dennis. Yeah. And they tried to oh. copy this. But they, they, they left out that element of class. And it's all just trashy now and, and i just, think that they're Ian pandering Gary, to like 13 year olds it's like they're bad at it it's like 13 yeah. year olds are like going it's, oh it's my a gosh, younger he's, he's crazy yeah um and ian geary is ian geary is trying to mimic connor's he says he's not but he obviously is Dude, he's, he's qu- quoting him word for word on shit sometimes yeah literally and he says <laughs> he's not but he is and um I, I just think that's a recipe for success that he sees and he's trying to just use it as his building blocks. Yes. He's still early in his career. I think what he's, he's uh 13 and O is he? Yep. Yeah. He's, he's 13 and O. So he's still really early in his career. So I think he's going to, once we see him evolve into a more mature fighter, someone who's been around someone who's had the cameras on him for a while, we'll start to see more of his, what he what he really is rather than what he needs to become this household name but (laughs) but hold up with that being (laughs) said that all depends on him beating vicente luque which is an incredibly tough task vicente luque is so good and he's beaten the top guys in this division he's beaten michael chiesa tyron woodley rda He's, he's, yeah, he beat RDA. Or just saying that alone. Granted, he's a welterweight. Or welterweight RDA was like a natural lightweight slash welterweight. Um, he had trouble with like the top guys, like Bilal Muhammad and Jeff Neal. He, he lost to those guys. But beating a former champ in 
in uh, Tyron Woodley, um, that's saying something. Now, if you go look, just just a testament to Randy Brown when he fought Vicente Luque, they had a battle. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to go watch a really good fight, go back and watch that fight. But anyways, um, this is going to be a tough test. Vicente Luque, as of late, if you look at his last fight versus Rafael dos Anjos, um, he really implemented a game plan that was strategic and specific to his opponent. And he didn't fight as characteristic as he usually fights, being reckless and standing there in the pocket and throwing wide lo- uh, looping shots and kind of just taking shots and hitting shots because he's a guy who will take a lot of damage and still be there in your face. Um, yeah. Against RDA, he really took him down and implemented his wrestling and showed his black belt level skills in jiu-jitsu against a guy who smashed everybody but Khabib on the ground in RDA. Yeah. So that's that's a huge testament to his growth as a fighter. He's a guy who gets better every fight. And he's got now, a shit ton of fights. He's got a, he's got almost double or maybe a little bit more than double the amount of fights as Ian Gary. I believe he has 29 wins. Um he's 22-9 and 1. 22-9-1. Yeah, okay. So, so yeah. He's got yeah. almost twice as many wins as Ian Gary. Yeah. That's um, against top-level guys. If you look, yes. who has Ian Gary fought? The most notable guy he's fought Neil is Neil Magny. And Neil Magny is not great, in my opinion. Now, Neil Magny is tall. He's long. This is going to be another fight of a guy who's 6'3 versus a guy who's 5'11 punching down. Mm-hmm. Might be It might be difficult for Ian in that sense. But uh, in Ian's last fight, when he was fighting uh, Neil Magny, he was throwing such snap at the end of his punches uh, in the length that you could tell they hurt so bad. So I'd be curious to see how those affect a guy like Vicente Luque, who's just absolutely so hard to put away. If he can really create some damage and show that his shots are stinging Vicente Luque, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably start hopping on that bandwagon and, and start appreciating his skill more. But... I see a lot of holes in Ian Gary's game. One yeah. that I'll point out that I think could be a huge factor in this fight that I think Vicente Luque, if he's not seeing it, if his coaches are not seeing it, then they've got to go back to the drawing board because it's a glaring, blatant hole that will expose him at some point. He will need to fix it at some point. He has tremendous like cap kicks that he's throwing, and he was hurting Neil Magny with them. He does not move his body or his head off the center line when he's when he's throwing kicks or nope. when he's when he's striking. Neil Magny started to have success in that fight when he was popping the jab straight, straight, and he was popping Ian's head back. I was gonna um, say the same thing. He's probably used to sparring shorter people, so they can't reach his face, so he feels safe. Sure. I'm I'm just speculating, but <clears throat> dude, actually Vin Vicente Luke, he has the reach advantage. 75 yeah, and a half inches. That's crazy. So he's got longer arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look at... So Ian Gary and Neil Magny are the same height, right? They're both 6'3". Neil Magny had like an 80-inch reach where Ian Gary had a 75-inch reach. Mm. So that's he has short arms for a tall guy, which is not great for him. I want to I wanna say, I think honestly, and this could just be me, getting in the drama but hey that's what we're here for um 
I think the best thing that could happen to Ian Gary is he loses. It humbles him, and he comes back with, like, some better character from the loss. You know what I mean? Yeah, more humble, yeah. Or he might lose and double down, and then people are just, like, not sick of him. But, like, I think if he wins, it's only going to kind of escalate how, you know, much of an agitator he is. <laughs> well, get him more money for sure. Yeah, so I don't know who I take in this one. <sighs> who do you take? I'm going Vicente Luque. Yeah, yeah. I think he's so. And here's another aspect of it: Vicente Luque is a guy who's been around forever. He's a very good Thai boxer. He like started as a striker, pretty much. Has a black belt in jujitsu. Trained with the Black Zillions. That whole squad when they were around. Oh, Got, like Mar Usman and shit. Yeah, he got those rounds in with top, top guys, middleweights, even light heavyweights I'm sure he trained with and did well with. He's a big guy. Um, he looks strong as shit. Ian Gary, like tank. from what I saw against Neil Magny, he did well like with the striking. When Neil Magny was on his back trying to get him to come forward, Ian Gary wanted nothing of it. He backed up. When he did attack, he threw these Weird shots standing, tried to hit his face from a weird angle, leaving himself very exposed to things. Just things that I I I I see as someone who's been in the sport a long time is just things that like it's almost like things that an amateur would do. Um I think that if Vicente Luque gets a hold of him, he's gonna expose huge holes in his grappling game. And he could submit him probably at any point that he wants. Right. I, I, feel, I, I feel the same way. I feel Vicente Luque. But for some freaking reason, I'm seeing how Ian Gary's negative 400. And it's, <laughs> and it's got me like questioning, like, what, what, what do people, what am I missing? You know what I mean? How, and that, and a lot of people throw money around carelessly in life, you know? Yeah. So. And I guess it's not it, just in betting. So I think I think that's a lot of people falling into that hype. That you see, he's a talker. He's he's like Conor McGregor. He, I mean, there's a sparring video that went around of yeah. him and Conor McGregor, and he looked like he got the better of Conor McGregor. Oh shit! Well, it's a you said something about Conor McGregor, and then it like pulled a fast one on us. Yeah, it must be. It must be his his magical leprechaun <laughs> powers coming in. Um, I I said that. There was a sparring video of Ian Machado Geary and Conor McGregor going head to head in the gym, and it looked like that Ian Gary got the better of him. So I think a lot of people are falling, seeing these things, seeing the media. The media creates a narrative sometimes. For sure. There's no media on Vicente Luque. I guarantee hardly anyone even knows Vicente Luque. You know, he's a Brazilian fighter, he's not so popular here in America. If you're a diehard fan, I think that these lines would be even even crazier if, if the diehards didn't know that Vicente Luque was an absolute savage. Yeah. Well, I got a big question for you, dude. What's that? Does Patty Pimlet beat Tony Ferguson? Ooh. 39-year-old <laughs> <laughs> Ferguson. That is a big question. 39-year-old Tony Ferguson coming off six losses, Tony Ferguson. Bro, but he just finished the whole boot camp with, what's his face, David Goggins? He did. Did you see the videos of him like puking on the treadmill and shit? It's crazy. Completed Hell Week. First athlete to complete Hell Week with David Goggins. That's a feat in itself. So what does that tell you? Does that just tell you that like it's not him mentally, it's maybe just him physically? Well, we've known 
since the beginning that Tony Ferguson was a cardio freak. Yeah. Eddie Bravo has talked about it on Joe Rogan's podcast, saying that he was lapping uh, flyweights in the cardio training, staying there later than everyone, doing way more miles, runs, killing everything cardio-wise. We've seen his training videos, super crazy, kicking bags and wood. He's a savage. He's also, going back to my point on what I said earlier, is every fight takes something from you. And he's been fighting the best of the best, the absolute best of the best for a very long time. It was, I think he had eight fights without losing, eight fight winning streak. Walking forward the whole time. Sure. Yeah. He, he just never had got his credit though. And when you're, when you're fighting the top guys and taking that kind of damage in those fights, he's winning, but he's taking that damage. That takes bits off your body, off your soul, off your spirit every time. Not only the fight, but the fight camp. So he's been through it. But with that being said, people are discredited him. But you look at that resume. All those guys that he's fought have either been former champion. They've been, um, they've they've been champion. They've been savages. Just to, his 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 losses. Justin Gaethje, he fought for the title. What? Twice, Charles Oliveira, former champion. Benio Darius just fought for the title. Michael Chandler fought for the title. Right, lost a couple of times. Nate Diaz, absolute savage. Bobby Green, unbelievable savage. Yeah, he just got knocked out, but he's he's very good. Yeah, and that was a very close fight. Patty Pimblett, on the other hand, <sighs> he has a lot of experience as Tony Ferguson does, like people don't realize that, that he's new to the UFC. So they're like, Oh, he's new and this and that, but he has been fighting for a long time. He has uh, just as many fights as Tony Ferguson. Damn. You just, you just educate him. You just described me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, does, does Tony Ferguson's like top of the level class carry him through this? Or is this like, a, you know, is he done? Patty That's P- what I'm saying. People say like, oh man, he's had all these fights and he's been around this long. Patty Pimblett has had just as many. Yeah. He really has. But here's the difference. Patty Pimblett has been fighting overseas in, in these other organizations. I believe it's Cage Warriors or something. And he's demonstrated good skill, but against what kind of opponents? Look at Tony Ferguson's resume and compare that to Patty Pimblett's resume. The best guy that Patty Pimblett fought was Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon's a good fighter. He, he he's a beast. He's a Henzo Gracie brown belt uh, under John Donaher. Oh shit! Um, Fight yeah, he, yeah, he's he's a, he's a beast. He he trains with um, he trains with uh, what's his name? The the coach at at Longo, the the boxing coach there, Chris Weidman's boxing coach. I can't remember his name. Um, but anyways, uh, he he, he trains there. Uh, I. I Man, I don't know. Um, I forgot what I was saying, but but Patty Pimblett, oh, oh, oh Jared Gordon, but Patty Pimblett, I think lost that fight. If you go back and look, it was very controversial. Now everybody sees now or or months and months past it, you just see it on paper and you're like, oh, Patty beat him. If you go back to that fight, he got destroyed. He was fighting with his chin up, getting tagged, getting pressed against the fence. He was losing. Yeah, a lot of people think he lost that last fight. Hundred percent. And he didn't fight well. And he said it in his interview. He said, oh, that was not my best performance. I didn't fight well. Uh, I can show you guys so much more. And he's been saying that since he came into the UFC. I've been watching his fights very carefully and analyzing his skill. 
I'm not impressed in the slightest. He's supposed to have really good jujitsu, but I never see him get himself into positions where he can use his jujitsu. He gets himself pressed against the fence and tries flying triangles and and these he has a wizard with these wide legs and he's trying to get people he t- he tries an uchimata and i mean that's not going to work against these top guys it was working against those guys in the other organizations but i mean guys like jerry gordon guys like uh the guy who twerks i can't remember his name but uh oh. he, he beat him narrowly uh, narrowly beat that guy um i think that tony ferguson's going to have way too much experience way too much skill way too much grit and heart and combine that with the training camp coming off with David Goggins. I think he's going to smash Patty Pimblett. If he loses to Patty Pimblett, it's going to be, it's going to be done for a while. Yeah. I, I, I think if he loses to Patty Pimblett, Dana White will announce that he's retiring and not allow him another fight. But I see. I see Tony's for Tony Ferguson's point. He's like, I'm fighting the absolute best of the world. Yes, I lost to them six times, but if you give me like the the guy who's mediocre, I'm gonna smash him every time. You know, so I'm still I still have a place here. But people just don't like to see that. You know, that much damage being taken. I would agree that he should retire after it, and I would I would agree that he should retire if he wins who's, as well. Who's the favorite? Patty Pimlet's favorite. Wow, heavy favorite. It's because, like, it's like the Ian Geary thing. They see the hype. They see that Patty Pimblett is sponsored by Barstool. They see that he has such a following, and he's a talker. You know, he gets on the mic, he talks. He's marketable, super marketable. So, well, that's what people see. That's where they put their money. So you're taking Tony. I take Tony for sure. Oh man. I don't know. I keep wanting to take Tony, but then I, I just for some reason see him having a glass straw and getting starch. But oh no, it's very possible. But get, get this: is Patty Pimblett has his chin right out there too. So it's the battle of the glass jaws. Tony Ferguson's tough. That's very true. Um, yeah, I got it. You're. I'm going with Patty's going to starch him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't a ballsy prediction. Very ballsy, but you know you gotta throw one out there. He's just very marketable. On I feel the like... bandwagon, okay, I'll say. Yeah, I'm on the bandwagon. Going whatever. against the legend. And dude, I'm not gonna live it. Here's the risk, bro. If Tony Ferguson wins, no one's gonna let me fucking <laughs> get past that. Like, bro, you have on Patty's dick. Here's the biggest favorite of the fight or of the whole card I've seen right now is I can't even say his name. Shavar Shavkat. That's it. Yes. Versus Wonder Boy. Yeah. That's a great fight. 650. Favorite. That's crazy. You think it's rightful? That guy's a fucking animal, dude. Yeah. Undefeated. He's very confusing to look at. (laughs) (laughs) Why why is that? Because he's got like a Russian name. He's got that like Russian stoicism, but he looks like he's Asian. So people from Kazakhstan, they have that, uh, like, an Asian look to them. Really far Eastern European, Russian, Siberian people have, like, an Asian influence to them. They're so close to Asia over there. And he's more pale than Wonder Boy. (laughs) Yeah. It's... Yeah. But dude's an animal. I... I, He absolutely is. Dude, he's 17 and 0. Wonder Boy is 17 and 6. I mean... 
I just feel like that guy's going to – he hasn't shown any reason to think he's going to lose. Bro, that's the wonder boy, though. I know. Look at his spinning kicks. Look at his in and out movement. Look at his karate style. So I know he's gonna kick him in the face and then say, "Hey, bro, I'm sorry." I see where <laughs> you stand. Do you? Speaking, speaking, I don't know. Of, speaking of that, dude, like you said, like he's gonna kick him and say he's sorry. I remember like one of the guys on my team back in the day. He had like one of his first pro fights against like a like a good wrestler, like a D1 wrestler. I'm gonna say at least D1. The dude took him down. Smushed him into the cage. You know how that feels. Like where you're just yeah. like kind of got the guy loaded on top of you and he's just punching you through any gap you give him. Sure. And I remember my buddy got hit a couple times and just gave out the old, oh, oh, like, you know what I mean? And it, the guy like stopped punching my boy and said, are you okay? And my boy said it confused him so much. And he like looked up at the guy and said, yeah, I- I'm fine. And the guy's like, okay, go. <laughs> went back to it. but he said it just confused him so much that like this like the guy like stopped punching him to ask him if he was okay because he's making noises that's hilarious hey props to him for the sportsmanship yeah great credit. sportsmanship that's credit no one needs to get hurt unnecessarily so who are you taking on that one in this fight with Shavkat and Steven Wonderboy Thompson mm-hmm Dude, Steven Wonderboy Thompson is representing America. He's got his American kickboxing style. He can pretty much outpoint anybody on any given day. Um, he's just that kind of guy. He's so skilled. Been around for so long. But Shavkat is a monster. He's got supreme skill in the wrestling. He's got supreme skill in the striking. Not in the way that Steven Wonderboy Thompson has it, but he does have it nonetheless in a different way. Yeah, I'm gonna go Shavkat Rachmanov by decision. Okay. Uh if you look at their careers, so Shavkat Rachmanov only lost three times in his amateur career, and then went to become a pro, and he's he's had 17 fights, no losses, a good amount of finishes through submission and knockout. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson has had some highlight reel. Finishes, has had some good and bad moments in the cage. But if you look at his losses, they haven't been to, like, they haven't, they have, they've been some pretty bad losses. He lost to a guy in Anthony Pettis who is a lightweight champion. That's what I'm saying. Um, he got knocked out. He lost to Tyron Woodley. Couldn't beat Tyron Woodley. He, he, he drew him and then he lost it. That was one of the best fights, though. The very first one that they fought. It, I mean, it was good, but that's a like, really good fight. A guy, uh, for sure. But a guy like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, when I'm looking at that fight, I look at his body and I look at Tyron Woodley's body. I think that Tyron Woodley's a dangerous guy, but I think that with his skill, 50 fights undefeated in kickboxing, he should have been able to move around that cage and just touch, 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 bang, bang, bang. True. He just doesn't carry the power that's necessary for that division to to be a force that can. That the people can be scared of. That's why I don't think he'll stop this guy from coming forward. I agree. I think no matter what he throws at him, he he could probably stop his momentum, but he won't stop his his will. Yes. You know, and that's a big difference. You can stop someone's momentum from coming forward and, and actually create distance, but if they have that want to keep coming forward and fuck you up, and you don't stop them or make them respect that with pain, they're gonna they're gonna fuck you up. 
they're going to do exactly that. And I think that's what's going to happen is we're going to see a, a beat down of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson from this guy. Maybe not initially round one, he'll really stay on his horse and start to move and move and move because he does do that. As round two comes, you'll notice that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson doesn't move as much and he starts to really sink into his punches. But I think that I think that Shavkat Rachmanov is going to get a hold of him, probably through a body lock, yep. get on top and just smash City. I see it the same way. I think he's going to figure out how to get Wonderboy to, with his bouncing guard, you know, how he bounces on his feet. I feel like he's going to get him to circle the outside, close the distance, maybe even work on grabbing the legs. I could see that guy grabbing a leg and just being like, all right, mine. Yeah. Yeah, I just th- I, I just don't think that Wonderboy is going to have the power for him to respect. He's a big boy too, Shavkat. Yeah. He's not like Jorge Masvidal. If you look at the guys that really – Wonder Wonder Boy beat. He beat uh, Masvidal. He beat. Uh, he lost to Pettis. He beat. Um, who, 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 uh, Darren Till, which I thought that Darren Till won that fight. That was controversial. So he didn't have. He beat Jake Ellenberger. He beat these guys, Donald Cerrone. But I just don't. I just don't see him beating a guy like Shavkat. All right, and then we got another <clears throat> last two fights. All right. 125 pounders. That's these guys have power for 125. Yeah, this is a killer fight. Alexander Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. I feel like yeah. Brandon's got uh <clears throat> good power for his size. I think he could definitely clip Pantoja, but Pantoja is just so good everywhere. I don't know. So Royval has been impressive in his last couple fights. He. <sighs> I don't want to spoiler alert. This is a rematch. Pantoja won the first one. <laughs> yeah, uh, he finished him. And although Roy Val is tough, he's much less experienced than Alexander Pantoja. Pantoja has really shown some grit and and some determination to beat some of the best guys in the world in this division. And if you look, I know MMA math doesn't really add up, but if you look. Brandon Royval lost to Brandon Moreno. Um, and Alexander Pantoja beat Brandon Moreno twice. Brandon Moreno is the former champion. Right. Um, Brandon Moreno beat him. I mean, um, Pantoja beat him earlier in their career. And then he came back. He he beat Royval on the way. And then he beat Brandon Moreno again for the belt. A split decision. Pretty good fight. Uh, awesome fight. Pantoja looked like a zombie in that fight. Yep. Just walking forward, bloody, kicking. You could tell he wanted every bit of his being wanted that. Yeah, as hard as he was. Um, Funny story. Uh, I may have told you this on the last pod, but when I had met Henry Cejudo and his coach in Amsterdam and got to train with them, later on, his coach hit me up and said, hey, I have a fighter fighting on the Boston card. I know you're from Boston. I'm not going to be able to make it out there. Would you be able to corner him? It's his UFC. It's a UFC fight. I don't remember if it was debut or not, but he said he's fighting the UFC. I was like, oh, great. He said he's fighting Dustin Ortiz. Uh, he's a good fighter. Can you look him up and do like a study on him? Send me stuff. I said, yeah, sure. I, I would be happy to do that. Happy to corner him. That fighter was Alexander Pantoja. Um now, as the weeks got up to the fight, I was preparing, going back and forth with Eric, his coach, Eric Obarasin, and 
it turns out like a week and a half before the fight, he hit me up and was like, dude, I'm so sorry, but Alex does not want you to corner him in the fight. <laughs> I was like, what? Why? Dude, I did all this work. I, I did all this study. I You're was, all excited. I break down. I, yeah, I was wicked excited. I was like telling my coach, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to the UFC and corner this guy. And he was like, yeah, he just doesn't know you. <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, dude, duh. <laughs> he said that. He's like, yeah, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't trust me like that. He, I'm his boy, but I, I thought it would be cool. It's not. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, take care. I don't <laughs> blame like, yeah, him, bro. though. I mean, that's got to be oh, fun. I don't blame him at all, of course. Why, why the fuck would he want to do you gotta that? You got to have, like, somewhat of a chemistry, I feel like. I would never have some random dude I don't know come to the UFC corner me on my UFC debut. <laughs> He just doesn't but, know you. That's like a healthy no. Like, <laughs> what? How about this? I watched the fight, and he lost to Dustin Ortiz. <laughs> that was his his like last loss. And I was like, hmm, well, if he had me in his corner, <laughs> you can always say <laughs> that <fun>. if <laughs> you were the missing piece. In the next fight, he beat Brandon Moreno, so I think he's doing okay. Yeah, for sure. He's yeah. a beast. I'm taking Alexander Potoja. Pantoja. Yeah, no question for Savage. me. Alexander Pantoja. He's, got, he's way more experienced. He's got crazy heart. Crazy heart as well. All right, bro. Drum roll, please, because this is... <laughs> Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington, bro. Fight of the night. Let's see. So much wonder here. Again, so with the MMA ponder. math. MMA now, math. Kobe's been out a while. Okay. Kobe mm-hmm. has, he's coming off two losses to Kamaru Usman, one loss to Jorge Masvidal outside of the cage. Um, outside of the cage. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Um, now he beat Jorge Masvidal's ass in the cage. I just rewatched that fight. Yeah, he, he worked him. He's, Kobe's a great fighter. He, he has good, good cardio. Um, people don't like the way he talks because he tried this persona that, he thought was going to resonate or at least piss people off to a point. It just pissed people off and he became the ultra heel, but not in, not in a good way. Leon Edwards is kind of like the dark horse of this division or was at least until he, he beat Kamaro twice to become the champion, which is insane. Insane. No one thought he was going to beat him the second time because he got worked the first fight until he knocked him out with a head kick. Second fight. He solidified his, his championship title and beat him. Um, if you're doing MMA math, Leon Edwards is coming off two back-to-back wins off Kamaru Usman, the former champion. Kobe Covington is coming off two back-to-back losses. Back-to-back, two back-to-back losses shows it, it kind of shows it was not a fluke one way or the other. It kind of shows a definitive where you stand against someone, um, as well as two back-to-back wins. It just shows when you fight someone twice. If you look. And if you look at their careers, who has Kobe Covington really fought? Who has Leon Edwards really fought? They've both fought top competition, but Leon Edwards has proven himself as a well-rounded fighter in the sense that he, he was he was doubted and he had the skill. And he hasn't shown any any holes in his game. He hasn't he hasn't really lost other than another outside of the ring. Or outside of the cage endeavor with Jorge Masvidal, um, so <laughs> the only when place you're Jorge at, can win. I know is outside of the cage. That's funny. If you're looking at objectively, and you're not just looking at like which dude you think is a is a loser, um, 
it's it's a decently even fight, but if you look at so in terms of in terms of on paper, it should be Leon Edwards. If you look at in terms of consistency, it's gonna be for me Kobe Covington because he's so consistent with his performances. Leon Edwards is great, but you you see him against a guy like I just I feel like there are there are points where he lulls. Like he'll yeah. fall asleep in matches and then he'll turn up. He'll he'll come back. Um against Nate Diaz, he he was like winning the whole fight, this and that. He fell asleep at the end and he almost got knocked out. Kamara Usman, first one, he was getting worked the whole fight and then came alive at the end. You know, so it's like you don't get a spectacular performance the whole way through, but you get a solid performance. He's solid everywhere. But I don't know if against Colby Covington that is enough. Um, looking at their records, they both have top fighters they've beaten. They've beaten some of the same guys. Leon Edwards beat Vicente Luque. He beat Brian Barbarena, Cerrone, Rafael Dos Anjos, and then Kamar Usman, Nate Diaz. Um, when you're looking at Kobe Covington, he's beaten uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. He beat Damian Maya. He beat Jorge Masvidal. Um, now, one one thing to to note is that Bilal Muhammad, who I think is a better fighter than both of them, uh, Leon Edwards had a no contest with Bilal Muhammad. Uh, it was an eye, it was an accidental eye poke, and but he kind of looked like he was having the better of Bilal Muhammad in that fight, in my opinion. So that's that's telling. Um, so has Kobe fought anyone who has good head kicks? Rafael Dos Anjos, he has good head kicks. Because I feel like that's like, that's where I worry where Kobe will have to be good with the head kicks. So Kobe is a guy who, until he did this persona, he almost got cut from the UFC. He just wasn't entertaining with his fight style enough because he just does the same thing. He's going to press you against the cage. He's going to throw weak-ass strikes to press you there and then just keep them up at like 20% power the whole time, the whole time, the whole time. The guys that he's really beaten are guys that are on their way out ish. They're yeah, they're big names. Um, but I mean, so he beat Brian Barbarena. He beat Rafael dos Anjos, which is a good fight. That was a good. That was a good one. He did that. Props to him. Damian Maya. He beat Dong Hyun Kim. Robbie Lawler, who's kind of old on his way out type of deal. What about the Tyron Woodley fight? I I don't I I never felt that Tyron Woodley was wasn't skill on skill. Then? He he's a specimen. He's great, but I'm just he 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 gives up in fights. Yeah, um, I feel the same way. Yeah, he really does. So, if we're going apples apples to apples on this Kobe Covington Leon Edwards, and I have to make a pick, I'm gonna put my money on Leon Edwards. Stay the champion. Ooh, yeah. He's the favorite too. He is the favorite. That could, that could change coming up to the fight. I don't see... This is my problem. Kobe's, like, super good. I don't feel like he's a good finisher. Like... I agree. I don't... He doesn't finish guys so much. He doesn't get that, like, that gruesome ground and pound. I mean, against Jorge Masvidal, he was doing good ground and pound, but he wasn't doing, like, the savage finish him type of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and stuff I that think, makes you scared of it. I think if he gets Leon down, it's like pummeling ground and pound. It's not like 
game ending ground and pound. And then I don't, don't Kobe like lands really good combos, but doesn't drop anybody, you know? Yeah. I and mean, I, Kobe in his own right has a pretty decent head kick, but like you said, it's not strong. It's not like a dangerous head it's kick. It's almost it like just, he point fights, like he's like tagging. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. Why is that? Are his hips too square? Like, is he too wrestling based or is he like. I think he just he throws the, the right amount of power on his strikes that allows him to be able to keep that pace for the allotted time of five uh, rounds. He fights five rounds that's a good all point. the time. So he kind of knows, like, if I throw any more than this, my arms are going to get tired because I have to wrestle. I have to do that. So he throws, like, the right amount for him to keep because he's a volume fighter. He, he is never not in your face. And that's something that's going to – see, there's there's variables to this. Um, Kobe is a very in-your-face fighter like that. If Leon Edwards' cardio is not up to par where he can handle someone who's as in-your-face as Kobe is – because Kamaru Usman, as good as he is, is not an in-your-face type of fighter like Kobe. Kobe was doing that to Kamaru. That could be a big factor. But I feel that Leon Edwards has great cardio enough to, to handle it. Now, another huge factor is that Leon Edwards is an active fighter. He, he competes yeah. often. If you look at Kobe Covington, he really fights like once a year, once every eight months, once every six seven months but not not really six like he he takes a lot of time in between fights and he's been out for a year so he hasn't fought whereas leon edwards just fought he's out of training camps fresh he's in shape that could be a huge factor i wonder if he settled the lawsuit just so he could take this fight i wonder if like he because um what's his face got away uh i think they dropped the lawsuit and um, I think that I wonder if maybe he dropped the lawsuit just so he could take the championship fight. It's kind of kind of hard to fight in court that you have brain damage when you're taking another fight, you know? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know so much about that. I know that Jorge Masvidal is cleaning up with his promotion too, so I know that Kobe Covington has eyes on that. What do you mean? Jorge Masvidal has um, Game Bread FC, the so fair knuckle Oh, I think he sees the money that he's uh, making when he can be successful, and he's like, "Yo, whatever you make on that, I know you did this to me. I'm taking whatever." So, uh, I see. Yeah. I got he's you. Got his eyes on it. Yeah, maybe he dropped the lawsuit in that sense, like for criminal charges, but maybe he's not not dropped it for damages. It's, it's hard to say that someone that Kamara Usman couldn't beat twice is like gonna lose <laughs> to someone that Kamara Usman also beat. You know what I mean? Twice. twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's just the factor. It's like, I would like to see Colby. I think it'd be a cool story. The dude almost was getting dropped from the UFC. Decided to put on this character. Fucking, you know, became you know, super, it would be, it became would be epic. Super relevant. What's that? If Colby won and then doubled down on the character and he was the champion and just, oh my God, I think that would be epic. Like held it down? Yeah, held it down and doubled down. Like, just when, walked around everywhere with the belt, the MAGA hat, the uh, attitude, <laughs> the fake suits, the uh, strippers with the asses. If he doubled down on it and we had a UFC champion like that, it would be hilarious. Turn into WWE real quick. Yeah, I think people people would appreciate that to some extent. Give people a little entertainment. Because skill for skill, yeah, you have Leon Edwards. People can appreciate his skill as a champion. He's, he, he has his due. But really, what entertainment do you get from Leon Edwards? 
take Leon Edwards out of that spot, put any other good fighter in that spot, put the belt on his, and you're like, you're happy, you're okay. If yeah, it, he's a good fighter. If it wasn't for Leon Edwards, like speech, like when he got the belt from Usman, yeah, that was like cool. That was like an epic, like, oh fuck, man, you're bringing a tear to my eye, bro. You made it, you did yeah. it, bro. I'm just talking you. about Jamaica, yeah. But other than that, like, yes, I agree. I don't, I haven't seen very much from him that I'm like, all right, nothing. So, I want to see him in a Nike ad. I want to see him. I want to see him doing that. I want to see his face on TV. I want to see him on talk <laughs> shows. I want, you know, yeah. I want to see him. That's what people want from a champion. They want to see him. They want content. I feel like if Kobe Covington becomes champion, he can provide that for a lot of people. He can obviously, it would be better for the company. They would make more money off a Kobe Covington champion than a Leon Edwards champion. Uh, I think it would be probably better for the sport. Not in terms of him being a jackass as a champion, but in terms of getting eyes on it and getting people talking about it more, the welterweight division, who's going to beat Kobe Covington? Who's going to beat this douchebag? You know, full on conspiracy, full on conspiracy guess. I'm going to say Kobe grinds it out five rounds. The UFC judges decide to give it to Kobe because he's way, <laughs> way more marketable. That's like we see all so fucking often in the UFC controversial oh. win. So they can get the rematch. The other guy's way more marketable. Um, that's my whole conspiracy uh, thought. But off off the dome, I kind of feel like Kobe can't finish Leon. And Leon's got some dangerous tricks that might yeah. starch Kobe. But we'll... That's weird. That sucks. I'm playing both sides of the field here. I can't. I know. <laughs> you like Coke and Pepsi, bro. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm walking in circles right now. I got to – whoever I pick is going to lose. So, who would you pick? Leon. You picked Leon? Yes, sir. My heart tells me Leon. Go with your heart, bro. But my conspiracy says Kobe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I don't hate that conspiracy. It just seems to happen so much in the UFC. Follow the money, like, man. If you follow the money, you see where everything goes. It's like, what? The marketable guy wins? Duh. Yeah. All right, well. I guess I'm going to final my final down is going to be on Leon Edwards on this one. Okay. Dude, I did not expect to do the whole card. I, I just like, I'm glad we did it, but we had to just because the whole, whole card from prelims to early prelims was stacked. Well, now you're stuck to it. Now you can see how good of a MMA analyst you are. Yeah. You're going to do better than Donald. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, Oh, for like, Oh, for like six or seven. Oh yeah. What card did you guys do? Oh, what one did we do? We did um whatever the last big one was. Okay. I've well, been doing all the big ones. Let me look. Is Von Volk? Yes. Yeah. That's an interesting one too. Kind of no. had Islam in that one though. Islam Islam, I think even and I know I know this is this is extra for your fans. Um Islam and Armin Sarukian in the lightweight division. That's going to be the next fight, I believe, for the title. I think Islam's no, still going to wax him, bro. I'm sorry. The, the big one we did was um the last one we did. Uh, Yuri Prohaska, Alex Pereira, Tom Aspinall. We oh, did beautiful. that whole one. Beautiful fight, yeah. Tom with Aspinall. Mackenzie Dern on it. Ooh, okay, Dern. Sorry, I cut you off. What were you saying? Oh, no. Yeah, I was just talking about how great Islam Makachev is. I think he's going to beat Armin Sarukian when they fight. I want to see him fight Connor. Oh, he kills Connor. Easily. He, he smashes Connor. Just destroys him. 
destroys him. And the Khabib Easy. can take on Dylan. Oh, dude. If, if what if, you, what if Dana White let Dylan Dennis fight and it had to be Khabib? He'd get killed. He'd literally get <laughs> killed. Like, you, you saw what, what, what Logan Paul did to him? Yeah. He's trash. Well, I didn't bro. even watch it. I didn't. Oh, I'm not. Bro, he's ass. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not buying into that shit. I, I'm. I'm so over the YouTube boxer. I can't do it, dude. I just whatever. Jake Paul has slowly gotten better and more technical looking as a boxer. I'll give him that much. But like, as far as like Logan Paul and that whole like, it was just like such a clown shit show. I was just like, I have no interest in this shit. That was just me personally, hating. Just over here hating. Haterade. <laughs> Are you still? I'm just not like a fan of Logan Paul. I think anything that guy touches is kind of like a borderline scam or is mm-hmm. a scam. And I just feel like there's been times where I'm like, oh, Logan Paul's cool. Seems like a good dude. And then I like see like I like see things that he's involved in are just like very like pyramid schemey type of like everything's a money grab. Yeah, exactly. It's just like everything yeah. about that guy, like Prime, isn't like it's bullshit. You know, if you really look at the ingredients in it and stuff like that, and he's out here just like whack marketing to people. It's just I, I don't know. Sipping but the that's hater. the thing is like like I mean that's like what, we were saying, follow the money. That's where everything goes. People, he can have the worst drinks in the world, but he's just throwing money, 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 and people will oh, it's in front of our eyes, and it's in front of our eyes. Prime, prime, it's here, it's there, it's there. Oh. I don't care if it's bad, it's good. Right. Yeah. And it's insane yeah. that that guy can just come up with that. I mean, good for him. Good for him. But I don't buy into that shit. I've yeah. watched uh, More Plates, More Dates, and Coffeezilla. And I, I'm on their team when they when they've analyzed them boys. Sure. I don't I don't like it. Is, I'm not gonna like go out of my way to avoid them, but I don't like I'm like, what am I gonna watch? Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis, dude. Like, come on. It's like, it's I mean, it's a joke. I saw, it's, it's, it's obviously going to be a, like a scam type of fight. Yeah. I, but, I saw um, clips of like Logan Paul like throwing punches. And that dude needs to learn how to plant his feet a little bit better. I feel like like a little bit of oh, – I'm sorry. He he's, plants, he's not he a boxer. His, he knows he, it too. He plants his feet and does the, the washing machine with his hands out. You know what I mean? Like throwing hooks like that rather than turning his body. And, you know? I yeah. Don't know. He, he, he literally boxes like someone who just learned how to box like a year or two ago. Yes, who's done it like as a hobbyist? He and it, it, he has. Jake Paul's putting in the work. He's getting better. Yeah, he looks good. I I I give him props on that. Absolutely. Yeah, he looks good. He's definitely working I'm, hard. I'm I'm actually gaining himself. respect for him. Uh, building up the PFL, trying to get fighters paid, fighting Nate Diaz, and then at the end telling him like he'll fight him in MMA. Like if he follows through with that shit, bro, that's cool. I think I got respect for that. Like that means he kept his word. He came in with no respect. He kept going. He showed heart. He puts in the work. It's not an easy sport to to learn and, and get, you know. It's not even easy to walk out to the ring, let alone, like, against people who actually do fight. I get the marketing aspect. If he holds true to, like, what he says, trying to make a league and a thing for people to get paid, hey, dude, that's cool. Yeah. I'm all for what's best for the people, and he's trying, at least trying to do it. Yeah. So. Well, dude. I do appreciate this. That was awesome. Um, of congrats course. on Thank your you for gym. having me. Thank you, you. Unity MMA, right? You want to plug? Yes, sir. Want to plug Unity. anything for the local <laughs> listeners? Of course, of course. I'm always plugging Unity MMA. 
11141 U.S. Highway 19 North in Clearwater, Florida. Stop by for a free class. Me, Zach Allen. We've got a bunch of great yoga teachers teaching. Uh, we'll have a time. Come I'll by. Be in there. I'll be stopping yes, by sir. for sure. Hell yeah. Well, hey, man. Appreciate it again. And next time we'll do this, uh, we'll do this for the next big event. Maybe we'll get one of your boys in here. Let's do it. Give them the heads up. Have a good night, brother. All right, brother. Thank you again. I think the podcast is fucking sick. If you're listening to it and you're like, you know, I don't know if I want to listen to the next episode of this podcast. You're probably a bitch ass. You need to listen to the next episode of this podcast and keep listening to it um, because my friends down here are trying to make shit happen and we're going to make some shit happen.